and welcome to Pocketful of Why. In this podcast, we explore lessons we've learned. And what we wish we'd learned sooner. Today we're talking about hobbies. Ones we've loved, ones we've jibbed, and our advice for starting a new hobby. I'm Charlotte, my pronouns are she, her, my childhood cat used to pick me up from school. <laughs> I'm Hannah, my pronouns are they, them, and I've never completed a video game. On, On with, with the, the show! show. Okay, hobbies, main content. Okay, that's confident. (laughs) Bold. (laughs) This will be interesting because I have zero hobbies and you seem to have a million hobbies. (laughs) That's definitely not true. Like, you you pot around in the garden, you're doing up your house little by little, Uh, you eat all of Ian's delicious food. Like, if food critics exist, that's a hobby. Thank you for... (laughs) For pretending that they are all hobbies. <laughs> Eating, walking about a garden, and lazily ven- renovating a house. Come on, come on. <laughs> well, I mean, well, I mean, do you want to just dive straight into some definitions that I got off the internet? Because I think this is relevant. Yes, definitely define the word hobby for me. Like every, epi- every essay I wrote in sixth form started with, the OED defines hobbies as... Yeah. Um, well, no, this is more about like breaking down hobbies uh, like into different areas, right? So um, Wikipedia, okay. Wikipedia states... <laughs> I can see our shared English teacher uh, um, when we had an essay review being like, look... It's good, but you could try a different intro. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, cranky. That's cute because I was never told that it was good. (laughs) (laughs) No, because you didn't hand anything in. Um, Okay. (laughs) A hobby, right. It reckons there's three kinds of hobbies. Mm -hmm. We've got casual leisure, serious leisure, and project-based leisure. Right. So casual leisure is a short-lived pleasurable activity mm-hmm. requiring little or no preparation. Okay. I think we both have one to this one. Like that's definitely reading for me. What is your short-lived casual leisure hobby? Uh honestly my number one is messing around with the dogs. I think fits that category that really well. Yes. <laughs> Come on, let's go back to it. Intrinsically rewarding, short-lived, yeah. pleasurable activity requiring little or no preparation. Okay. So, like, literally, I'll just I sit on the sofa, the dogs come over, like, hey, give us some attention, and then we all have a wrestle, you know? Okay, if we're going this vague, then I've got loads of hobbies. See. Making up songs about the cats. That is a great dancing one. Dancing in the kitchen. Uh, rubbing my butt on radiators whilst trying to have a serious conversation with Ian and not being able to maintain a straight face. I, brings me a lot of joy. Isn't that just the human experience? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the dog one. But then also like maybe being a little bit more serious. Like roller skating. Mm-hmm. I know like there is a little bit of preparation because I have to already have roller skates, but... Yeah. It'll be like a sunny day and I shall be like, shall we do it? And we'll just go out skating, you know? I don't know. I feel like that's a skill though. I think that's the next step up because it wouldn't be intrinsically rewarding and satisfying if you weren't already good at it. Um, oh, I guess. Are you maybe thinking that the distinction here is like stuff that you have to be good at to enjoy somewhat, whereas like you don't have to be good at stroking a dock? I'm just saying, I think the next one is like, so, like, serious leisure is the systematic pursuit of an amateur uh, activity. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you don't have to necessarily be, like, the best roller skater, 
But yeah. it's kind of like more of a long-term, sustained effort to okay, get to yeah, that point yeah. of joy. I see that. What about board games? I know this is like a proper mm. naff hobby to talk about. But, you know, just like playing with a deck of cards, you know? Yeah. Well, like we've got quite a lot of board games these days because Ash works in a game shop. We're <laughs> a pair of nerds. <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, you can just sit down and just like do it, can't you? You don't have to like, you know, it's not like D&D or like Magic the Gathering or something. Mm-hmm. Whereas that would be serious leisure (laughs) what about serious leisure for you then i feel like this is the one where you're like i don't have any i just look at books uh like you've quoted (laughs) me very well there Um, (laughs) i think uh, i guess my one would be like studying like uni work maybe yeah i love a bit of academia don't you yeah Yeah, definitely and there's like there's rewards there's results i guess because i get like feedback Mm. but also it's just a hobby because it's not really for anything so it's just for fun maybe like gardening but i'm still still not very good oh come on honestly like i feel like i want to make a point about like the only way to be good at a hobby is to enjoy it yeah i have a lot of ego tied up in my hobbies i feel like i need to be really good or somehow really fruitful like even with reading i have like a goodreads challenge or i have to hit a certain amount of books there's definitely some ego in there even though it's just pure joy yeah but i think you're much better at taking out the ego from your hobbies i mean i am amazing at all my hobbies as well so Um, (laughs) (laughs) that's not true um I think it's letting go of that ego that helps me, like, really enjoy them properly. Yeah. And there's definitely, like, a comment to be made about capitalism and, like, a view of, like, how we must be, like, productive all the time and, like, you know, Mm -hmm. like, more power to these people but who turn their hobby into, like, a side hustle or, like, a small business out of your hobby. But, like, because that's so prevalent, like, it can be, like oh, well, like, I had a go at lino printing and I'm crap at it, so I'm never going to do it again, even though, like, I enjoyed that, you know? Just because someone wouldn't buy it doesn't mean it's not worth, like, the process of it. Even down to stuff like, you know, like, singing and dancing, like, like the X factor has, like, (laughs) made it so that you are either, like, a good singer or not. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, getting any of the joy, like primary school level belting out whole world in his hands joy. <laughs> like I was thinking about this the other day when I heard my neighbor's child singing horrendously badly whilst bouncing up and down on the trampoline. And I was just like, that is all of the joy of singing. And I would never mm. sing in front of anybody else because I'm like, well, I'm objectively not a singer. But that just completely removes yourself from loads of joy and happiness and fun. Yeah. Because you're there like, oh, well, I couldn't go on X Factor and make a load of money from it. So therefore it's not valuable. Right. Just like how my big anti-capitalist movement is laziness and the pursuit yes. of laziness. Exactly. And doing absolutely nothing with my time. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. My time at this point is not being marketed towards anything. It's not a side hustle of mine. I'm not putting out on Instagram for everyone to like. <laughs> I'm just laying here doing nothing. Yeah, I adore that. Even down to like Bake Off, you know? Like, I mean, obviously, oh. all hail Bake Off and we love it. Uh, I don't know anymore. Uh, you know, it's an inter- institution, isn't it? Like, yeah. But, um, you know, like someone would start getting interested in baking and everyone would be like oh my god this is really good you should go on bake off like you should put yourself yeah. out there and compete and like try and be as good as possible at this one thing like now just what if you just want to make a kind of half crap cake every now and then because it's fun does it need to be this journey that you go on like we need the next thing like paul hollywood's opinion doesn't matter about <laughs> I, like a hundred percent always 
agree with that because I hate Paul <laughs> Hollywood. <laughs> it's like one of the yeah. worst scousers. <laughs> yeah, so we need to kind of get away from hobbies being like this marketable, uh, am I good at it? And if I'm not good at it, then it has no value and no meaning. Yeah, and like, as I say, like, you know, I've got very dear friends who like make a living out of what is essentially a hobby, I guess. Mm-hmm. But then if you make a living out of it, by definition, it isn't a hobby. You know what I mean? And like, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, do what you love and you'll never work in your day in, a day in your life defo but then it doesn't mean that like people like us who have non-hobby jobs if you like Mm -hmm. we can't just like you know fritter away our spare time being like half crap at a hobby you know oh my gosh is podcasting a hobby yeah got a hobby well there you go we're not making a bloody living out of it are we so (laughs) um (laughs) tick oh i totally get what you mean though like i have the same vibes with i'm currently on my third go round of couch to 5k something i like dip in and out of i downloaded the app earlier this year oh, well there you go you're halfway there i mean i've basically done it i've deleted the app since i'm just don't, oh. I'm so, I, don't care. I love couch to 5k as somebody who does not easily enjoy exercise it is mm-hmm. an incredible like vocation for getting fit and doing something amazing with your body and feeling like really proud of like what you can build up because mm-hmm. i am objectively not going to be winning any races right like it's not for that it's literally for my own pursuit of like feeling good some endorphins Mm. feeling fit and i really love the vibe of like anyone can do it it's literally from zero to something that you can just do and there's no like preconception with oh we have to get to this speed it's just you can do it in your own time in your own way and we're all really proud of you and everyone's having a great time like i like that vibe i really dig that vibe and I do feel like a superhero. Yeah. Despite not being competing with anything. Well, like endorphins and all that in it. It's meant to be all magical. So I hear. <laughs> no, I get it from roller skating. I do I do know that exercises are sometimes nice. I feel like oh, I just want to take a moment to plug another little indie podcast. Oh, yeah. You know, my friend Jack, mm-hmm. uh, I've spoken about on the podcast before, who is like Jack Flash, an absolutely amazing runner by all accounts. Why would you bring this up now? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the app Strava. It's like a little running app and you give each other Yeah, like, yeah. You can track your routes and stuff. Jack's like number one in our area on Strava. Wow. That's incredible. Jack and his friend Shah have started a podcast called Bookhounds where they review books about running. Oh, wow. And I've been listening to it. And I'm someone who has no interest in books or running. <laughs> <laughs> that pains me to hear that. But I've been really enjoying it. They're both an absolute delight, and I do recommend it, even if you have a passing interest in either topic. But um, what was I going to say about running? We talking about running? Couch to 5K? Click. They mentioned Couch to 5K in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, maybe I can go and listen to their episode on my next Couch to 5K and be really meta. Yeah. In fact, it's today my next run. Your next run is right now. Yeah, off. off. <laughs> <laughs> well, go on. Give us some jumper jacks, and we'll be back in a minute. Ooh. Have you seen have you seen that video on TikTok? Have you downloaded TikTok? Have you succumbed? No. No. So I I was trying to not do it for ages and then I did it. Uh, anyway, so th- I saw this one on uh, it's like you need five different hobbies to fulfill these like five elements, right? Ooh. I on principle disagree with it. Uh, but in the video like you know the way you like oh my god, I'm 100 years old. Is someone dancing whilst they sit whilst they do this? Probably. I enjoy those ones. I've been sent them. It's like, 
you know, an audio clip of someone saying these five different types of hobbies and then, like, in the versions of the video, the person's, like, showing theirs, right? Mm-hmm. So the five hobbies. One, to make you money. Okay, like, what did we just say? <laughs> um, <laughs> and then and then it gets okay. So one, to keep you in shape. Uh-huh. Uh, one, to keep you creative. Yeah, like that. One, to build your knowledge and want to evolve your mindset. Ooh, do you do you think you have like obviously let's get rid of the money one cuz we're not capitalists. Yeah. Let's go for four. What do you think your four mm-hmm. are? Like shape, creative, knowledge, mindset. Okay, keep me in shape. Uh roller skating. That's literally it. Mhm. Although that's not really why you do it. No, it but it does. But then this is like a specification that we're meeting mm-hmm. rather than like if I was an alien dropping down and I was like, oh, I need some hobbies to be a convincing human. Look at me, I'm a human. These, these are <laughs> Look at me, I'm a human. <laughs> That's my voice I do for the cats whenever they do something that humans do. Look at me, I'm a human. I'm sitting at the table. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Love it. So you've been running, so that's your one. Yeah, done. Uh, creative. Obviously it's knitting for me. Yeah, you are incredible at knitting. It's unbelievable. Mindful lately about about tra- being creative in my knitting and mm-hmm. not just ooh. like seeing something on Instagram or whatever and being like, "Ooh, that's cute!" Like I want to make a replica of that. Yeah, I'm tr- I'm trying to be more. Well, I'm trying to use up yarn in my stash, mm-hmm. so that's really difficult because I only have like certain amounts of balls and like mystery yarn that I inherited from my nana, and it's all a mm-hmm. bit chaotic. So it's it's involving a lot of like creative problem solving. Like that. Um, <laughs> what about you for creative? Um, I do the occasional bit of writing. I guess that's quite creative. Do you? Yeah. What like creative writing? Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! You're never gonna let me read that. It's not good. It's not competing. It's just the like you know keep the creative juices flowing. Yeah. But, um. I oh, think- I love that. Probably putting together my house. I find, like, uh, my mum was always really out there with the way she put together her house. Like, we mm. had a, pur- a deep purple living room with gold leaf edging, like, growing up. <laughs> really out there. But <laughs> I really enjoy not deep purple. I uh, have a lot of muted tones, but I really enjoy <laughs> putting stuff together, making a room feel a certain way. I guess that's a bit creative. Yeah. You've always been really good uh, at that. But I'd like to do a th- something a bit more creative. I'd really love to do a course in something that I have no experience in. Like I'd love to do like a pottery course or Ooh. you know just something that you're like I you know I can't come to this with my own like sense of ego. I have to just completely start from the ground up uh, but yeah that'd be cool yeah i love that that's, that's one i've got like a my, my little alien person needs a new creative hobby <laughs> <laughs> they haven't passed minimum human skills yeah no <laughs> <laughs> okay want to build your knowledge i mean you're Uni. back in academia aren't you yeah, yeah exactly and that seems to be like your core reason for doing it as well yeah it's just fun like it's nice to learn and always be thinking about new things listening to lectures listening to uh actually it's a bit weird at the moment because this week i've got to transcribe an interview with somebody (laughs) well you're a pro at that (laughs) so i feel like i should just be able to like submit our wordpress and be like look guys i can already transcribe i can't do it okay yeah um yeah (laughs) definitely just for knowledge and interest i guess there is a little bit of ego in there i can't deny that I'm out for like a good grade every year. Yeah. But 
Yeah, there's just a little uh, a little hint that I can't unpick. We all want to be good at stuff, and that has got a, like a really arbitrary measure mm-hmm. of being good at it. And building like, a skill and putting something together and learning properly and feeling like, yeah, I understood that. I got it. I understand that concept. Like, yeah, it's not just like, oh, guys, just to let you know. Um, how about <laughs> you? What's your knowledge one? Um, this is one that I've never really been very good at. I think at the moment it would be like listening to podcasts Ooh, and yeah. like the Instagram accounts that I follow and stuff. Mm-hmm. Certainly in terms of like, you know, like queer issues and like mm-hmm. social justice and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm not not really one for building my knowledge. Oh, you definitely are. Like even with the media you engage with, like I've not yet worked up the courage to watch Seaspiracy, but you have. Oh, I feel like we have you watched you haven't watched it yet. No. I've watched the trailer like three times and been like, I just can't. I just can't. <laughs> it's really good. It's really interesting. It's obviously like really, really heavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think like there is this like really visceral tear like me and Ash wept oh. about fifteen minutes before the end. Yeah. Um which like ours is vegans like vegans like for the animals mm-hmm. we don't i didn't i didn't need to see that yeah i was already on side but i think there's a lot of value in it mm-hmm. we've just ended mm-hmm. into talking about heavy vegan stuff i think there's a lot of value in it <laughs> for people who have never engaged with that kind of content before because like yeah you on purpose avoid looking at nasty stuff no but you're very good at that like in terms of like building your knowledge yeah, I think Tracking. I'm more Not into like, the bubblegum life of I just watch like things <laughs> that are TV. nice. <laughs> yeah, I think in the hobby section on this, you've got like 10 things and I've got does trash TV count question mark and you've not replied. So I guess it doesn't. Uh, um, <laughs> but yeah, you're really good at having a conversation in the dark. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you you do definitely build your knowledge more than you think. Like you engage a lot in yeah. like not looking away. Also, before we move on from um, Seaspiracy, mm. Ian would yeah. literally hate me if I didn't mention that he's been going on all week about why they didn't just call it Conspiracy. Oh! He's fuming yeah. about it. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like, if you think you've got a pawn, you should run it through Ian. Run it through? Run it back. <laughs> <laughs> what? Just, just make, make him sure digest it's it. the best pawn. <laughs> run it through him like a sword sounds like a new year's eve ceremony of ashes like writing a pun down on a piece of paper and passing it through ian's digestive system oh my god i love that um you know what i do have a knowledge one okay and it's my plants so like every other basic millennial in the past 12 months i've my house plant obsession has really really grown um yeah i currently have 66 plants in the house 66 I'm so chuffed about it. You were always like... I always liked a little plant. Houseplant royalty, but still, 66. Um, to be fair, a lot of them are like babies. I'm not very good at that yet. I feel like you need to do some video for me. Cute. Uh, just like spider plants and snake plants, really. No, I don't like spider plants. Couple of... wig me out. You don't like spider plants? I don't like the babies. Oh, they're called spiderlings, you know. <laughs> so cute. Um... <laughs> So I was always kind of like, I killed a lot of houseplants mm-hmm. and I was kind of fine with it. You know, like yeah. I am I am God. 
and I like the idea that like God is all powerful but not all knowing. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I can't be bothered watering you guys more than once a week, and once a week is all I can do, which is my well, exactly. God persona. Or I just feel like watering you today, and it doesn't matter that I watered you a few days ago. <laughs> you're getting watered. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I downloaded this app it's really good oh is this the one you recommended to me yes it is very good I had to reorganise all of my houseplants after downloading this well exactly it, and it like tells you like which room it should go in and all this mm-hmm. um, and like the names of them it's got an identifier on it uh, maybe they should sponsor us I feel like I don't want to say the name <laughs> <laughs> there's all kinds of plant apps out there um but there's like a free one and a paid one, isn't there? It's like, I yeah, think yeah. I've got the basic one, but you've got the one where you can actually identify plants. Whereas I have to, there's there's one where I have like a mystery plant. I have no idea what it is. Send me a picture and I'll run it through my app. That. Okay, they're not going to sponsor <laughs> us now. <laughs> but like, even that, like I now have learned a lot about my plants and like where they should live and mm-hmm. they're all like flourishing. Lovely. Do you mist your plants? Because I never did. And they're doing really well now. I've started misting them. Ooh, is that so? Mm-hmm. Like, because Ian mentioned this the other day because we had a dusty plant where we've been like doing DIY. Oh yeah. He was like, oh no, but it won't get all of like it won't be able to absorb all of the light properly. Ooh, you and need I was to clean like, it. Never thought about that before. It has little holes in the leaves where it where it literally like breathes and mm. like gets rid of extra water. Because you remember from biology, like it draws the water up the roots and it evaporates out of the holes in the leaves. Mm. So, um. A friend of mine actually had a load of beautiful houseplants and then pulled up all the carpets in his house and wanted the floorboards all sanded. Yeah. And the workman came in and sanded all the floorboards and all the plants got covered in crap and he couldn't get it off and they all died. So... Oh, I'm going to miss yeah. my plants. That is the root. See, yeah, your 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 pursuit of knowledge is really good. Like, you're always completely obsessive about knowledge, though. Like, you've got, like, a phase that you're going through. <laughs> Yes. Nice. You know, I have kind of self-diagnosed myself with ADD as well. Okay. I'm not sure how important it is, but one of the things that really resonates with me is like this like hyperfixation thing. Mm-hmm. Something that I'd really, really do. Yeah. And now that I'm like seeing it, I can like lean in and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Rather than like I spent like five hours a couple of months ago changing our website like every single post to fit the same format and I was just there like I didn't sit down to do it it just kind of happened to me Mm -hmm. and then you like come out of this trance and I was like like obviously like bursting for a wee um (laughs) that's definitely like my experience with um the pursuit of knowledge as well I think yeah Yeah, like hyper focus Um, that's an interesting point actually I was Hmm. Um, because we were talking about Maisie Hill's new book. I was on Maisie Hill's Instagram oh. in my Lurker account and um, she'd put up some questions about how she'd been diagnosed as a person with autism in adult life. And oh, one hey. of the people was like, you know, why did you... Uh, she was like putting out questions. I don't think she's done the Q&A hmm. yet. But one of the questions is like, why have you gone after a diagnosis in adult life? Hmm. What do you identify as? And why is it important for you to share it with other people? Like, I definitely think... Hmm interesting to sit down with you maybe do an episode on you know like why you've gone down that route why it's important to you yeah um it's one of them as well like a lot of people talk about how self-diagnosis is valid and all this Mm -hmm. and um because it can be really really difficult especially as um an afab person i don't like afab me and jack call it rag raised as girl (laughs) oh i like that (laughs) 
<laughs> but um, uh, yeah, like we miss, they miss our traits and stuff a lot easier, you know. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So like, what what's the point now as a grown up? I'm not in education anymore. But then reading about things like that, kind of like with the queer thing, it just it makes you feel a bit more like, oh, there's people like me, like people mm-hmm. who see the world that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's nice. I love how we've gotten really intensely down this rabbit hole. <laughs> Blah, blah, blah. yeah um there was one last thing on that uh mindset TikTok thing right mindset <laughs> <laughs> i think the mindset one is the podcast you know yeah talking through an issue getting down to what we really think and also being having to decide what your opinion is and mm-hmm. like talk it through and maybe change your mindset yeah I think definitely. Especially for the harder episodes. Like, we're phoning it in this week, guys. Hobbies is not going to change my mindset <laughs> in a huge way. But some of the things that we've yeah. talked about in the past has definitely shifted my mindset. But I think, again, my alien's lacking on this one. I like I listen to lots of audiobooks that are nonfiction, and that sometimes can shift my mindset. But I don't really reach for viewpoints that are that dissimilar from mine, if I'm being honest. We stay in comfort, don't we? Like, I kind of have the opinion that I don't want to listen to anyone other than a liberal <laughs> talk to me. Yeah. No, I get that. I'd, it would take a, a good few recommendations for me to watch a male stand-up comedian on Netflix, for right. example. Yeah. Whereas I get recommended a female one, like I, I will click it straight away. Uh, I think, though, that can be like the kinds of conversations you have. I think work is actually a really good one mm. because I have to build relationships with people that, if I'm being honest with myself, I might not <laughs> spend as much time and energy on building. You have to find a way to get on with people. Yeah. Even if you're not necessarily, like, politically on the same kind of side or... That's true. You know, you don't have the same kind of mentality or values. That's society, isn't it? Yeah, like, one of... <laughs> yeah. It's one of the places I can't, aff- I can't avoid it, really. Yeah. Um, but one of my, like good work friends is really religious and that's interesting because I'm really <laughs> not religious yeah not not uh, not quite uh, religious <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah that's yeah. that's really good for my mindset because I I have to bring the respect to the party mm. whereas I can find myself being quite disrespectful about religion same but if I'm then there speaking to somebody as a friend who is religious and I have to bring the yeah. respect I'm in work that person is important to me that's really good for my mindset, actually. Not really a hobby. <laughs> Work. <laughs> well, arguing against a TikTok video, I think it's okay. Like, <laughs> whoa, <laughs> the anti-TikTok energy. Well, um, I am nearly thirty, so. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think the mindset thing. I don't think that's something that you can put in like a little box of like, oh, today I feel like evolving my mindset. I think yeah. that's definitely something that we have to be a bit more conscious about. Especially, you know, in a world of, like, algorithms and echo mm-hmm. chambers online. Yeah. I realised as well, like, on my Instagram, the only um, the only cis men that I follow are people that I know and like in real life. Um, yeah. Whereas I follow a bunch of strangers of all different, like, genders and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of like, maybe I need to, I don't know, get more involved with the cis dude side of life. I feel like you've probably had enough of that. <laughs> to, to, if you're having to counterbalance it but yeah the, the mindset of am I shutting people off just because they are this one demographic yeah. that I've previously found you know to be well just just because like their 
life experience doesn't interest me. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, just because it doesn't mm-hmm. resonate doesn't mean that it's not like an important part of like the society that I live in and yeah. to fully understand you know, my own place in that society. I need to kind of see the world from their perspective a little bit. I guess the desire to cut it all out is like, kind of feels like they're not trying with me like at all. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Or at least very rarely. I feel lately I've had a bit of a, a mindset change about cis dudes. I feel like I'm certainly guilty of in the past being like, oh, like men are rubbish. Like even Ash, like, you know, you do well despite it, babe. Like, Oof. Um, do you know it's what I mean? It's pretty toxic. Um, like it's quite toxic, isn't it? And I think, yeah, like how do we, how can we expect like men to want to be? Or do we even find the words? If there isn't a good option when you're a man, then it's going to be really hard to fulfill the good option if no one's presenting. Yeah. It's like representation. Like if you don't see yourself out there in like narratives of like happiness and love and success and like yeah. being a good person. It can be really mm-hmm. hard to live up to those expectations if they're not there for you. If your only if your only option is to be a a bit of a man, despite it all, that's you know that's not great either. Like we don't actually want men to just like walk around with their like heads apologetically bowed, yeah, never saying anything. We want them to be like confident in like being good and acting well. I feel like is that unfair to we say? We want everyone to be able to be good well, exactly, and happy right? and seen and loved but yeah oh, that's interesting how do you feel about middle-aged men in this quandary <laughs> I'm, <eye> roll. <laughs> I'm trying to i'm trying really hard to draw back from my like hannah hates middle-aged men persona listeners please remember that i work in customer service in a very middle-aged men centric yeah. place it's a really important disclaimer for that mindset so like most of the middle-aged men that I interact with suck Yeah, in that interaction, I mean, right? most of the people you interact with, surely in customer service, suck? Yeah, sure, sure. But, but middle-aged men do it in... They've got their own flavour, you know? It's just predictable. Anyway. It's the arrogance flavour that I have come across. <sighs> Even when asking for help. Oh, it's, it's... For me, it's their just total, like, comfort and... Mm-hmm like unawareness there's this i mean we haven't been in work for a while in work i've got a bit of a running joke where like i'm like men don't have eyes <laughs> they just what? don't use them they don't look around they don't see things um but it's you know as i say it's a joke I, i'm trying to move beyond hatred <laughs> that's good to hear intolerance yeah and i guess the step away from that is honestly pity I mean, I hope that's not the final destination, but, like, pity <laughs> leads to empathy, leads to, you know, yeah. being a little bit more open. I'm like, I feel I feel sorry for these people who've been raised in this culture of toxic masculinity mm-hmm. and there's, like, only a certain few ways to, like, behave. Yeah. And the outcome of that is that you're just, like, your comfort zone is, like, is that? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like... And this is a way that you feel, like, worthy in this world is to put other people down, is, like, you know, where has this come from? This need to dominate and... Yeah. Yeah. That's cool, though. That's that's interesting. I find I have a similar lack of growth mindset on this one. When I look at Mm. the books that I read, I've realised that I've got a really big 
gender disparity. Oh, yeah. Not consciously, but I just seem to have a lot more female authors on my shelves um, and a lot more classics written by, like, women under, you know, a pseudonym or by women. Um, And that's been kind of interesting to be like, oh, I wonder how that's happened because it's definitely not uh, reflective of the publishing industry. So... yeah. Uh, not really sure. Those are choices just, that you've made. Yeah, yeah. Whether I've just gone down like one kind of mindset or one kind of narrative. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I think mindset. I could do with some suggestions actually. If any listeners have got some suggestions for a really good like hobby to take up to to broaden mindset, that would be great. Oh, cute. Yeah, I would love those um those mm. ideas. Yeah. Well, uh, I need a wee. So can we go for a break? That's quick. I need a wee. As somebody who is forever starting and jibbing hobbies, like I think we should first talk about some of the hobbies we've tried and then jibbed. Okay. And then maybe talk a little bit about how to start a new hobby, maybe how to start a new hobby if you're not necessarily instantly good at it. I mean, yeah, we'll expect to not be instantly good at it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) As Jake the dog on Adventure Time said, sucking at something is the first step to being good at something. It's a long time since I've thought about Jake's the dog. Wow. I love that quote. Like, if you want to be good at something, then you need to put in the time to try. Yeah. It's like driving. Yeah. That was really rough for me. Like, I was expecting to be okay at it to start off with. Mm. And it's not like that. It's just your brain has to learn how to do this thing. It's all from the beginning. Yeah, definitely. Unless you were like one of those kids who like, I don't know. Did you know, like, lads, when you were little, you were, like, obsessed with, like, Gran Turismo? Uh, it was more that I knew lots of farming children. <laughs> so they had, like, driven tractors and had quad bikes and, like, Your actually... Childhood. There was actually yeah. a lad who drove his tractor to school to do his GCSEs. Stop it. I, I love Like, that. thinking about it, like, he definitely wasn't old enough for that to be legal. Unless tractor no. license is younger. Do you need a license? Maybe it's different. Yeah, are you technically grassing? Surely you do to drive on the road. Yeah, you'd think you'd need a license to drive on the road. But then don't you, you don't need a proper license to like drive a moped or something, do you? Mm. Don't think you actually need a license at all. I don't know. There you don't go. take advice about driving from us, you guys. Um, <laughs> hey, I've passed. Maybe not about driving tractors on the road underage. Like we clearly no. don't know what we're on about there. I have driven a tractor, but it wasn't it wasn't a huge success. I'm gonna say and He's move on. <laughs> Um, yeah, so what are some of the hobbies you've maybe loved and jibbed or just straight up jibbed? When we say jibbed, I feel like I'm more of a collector of hobbies. Um, mm-hmm. So there's ones that I only visit very occasionally. Okay. I love that first try of a hobby. Yeah. I learn by doing and mm-hmm. I don't read instructions most of the time. I just go straight in. <laughs> so annoying. <laughs> um, and then if it doesn't work the first time, then I read the instructions. So yeah, I have less of a hobby graveyard, more of like a hobby cupboard, I guess. Mm. So yeah, like lino cutting is one that I'm not very good at at all. Mm-hmm. Injure myself a lot when I'm doing it because I am not careful and I do not use the safety tools. But yeah, that's a good one. I recently have been messing around with concrete. Oh my gosh. Because, you know, those stupid videos on Facebook that are like, what's it called? five minute crafts and this kind of rubbish yeah seen the crap people do with concrete you like soak a towel in it and then drape it over a bowl and you turn it upside down and it's a plant pot and it's like no that's a towel covered in concrete 
Ian's sister has gone through the concrete stage of crafting Mm -hmm. and made a concrete dog bowl. And I'm sure she'll be fine with me saying it was was so enormous that now it's just a concrete block in the front drive. (laughs) It's not used for anything. It's just this lump of concrete. Don't get pulled Um, into the concrete life. No, definitely am. I'm really excited about the concrete stuff. I found it very pleasing. Um, I just... I need to go to Screwfix and buy a big bag of concrete, um, but I don't mm-hmm. drive. I don't know how I'm going to get it home. It's like the 25 kilos, which um, I said to Rowan, and they were like, oh, that's fine. That's just the size of a large armadillo. And I'm like, cheers, Rowan. That's a really um, <laughs> useful frame of reference. I love that frame of reference. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, what else? Like cross-stitch. Not really. I've I've got all the stuff. Uh, because I will never throw away a hobby supply. It's a bit, I'm not bothered about cross stitch. How about you? I feel like you if you've done stitchy kind of stuff. It's not your vibe, is it? Only when you've really tried to teach me, and it's like <laughs> the amount of people who've tried to teach me how to knit, and like my nan, who is one of the most patient people, said some very nicely worded <laughs> things about the tension that I brought to knitting. Apparently. <laughs> The amount that I brought wasn't necessarily conductive to um, knitting anything. It's not like a high-octane hobby, isn't it? Yeah. It's meant to be the opposite. I don't have the like slow, methodical chill for it. If I want that, I'll go to reading. To be fair, I think the slow, methodical chill of knitting is, again, something that you become good at and you can't expect on your first try. Yeah. I feel like what I could do with now is, like, less stimulation from like digital stuff yeah like given a week away in Ireland sat in the cottage or in a caravan Mm. with like the rain pelting down love to give it another go yeah but there's just so many easy like fixes for me that I've just I'm really bad at getting past the first bit I'm very different to you in that the first bit of the hobby is my (laughs) least favorite bit like learning something new is not something I enjoy (laughs) I try... I, then my hobby graveyard is just, like, Let's have ridiculous. Let's Go on. Uh, so, I have tried and jibbed sailing. Oh, yeah! Fell in, didn't like it, didn't go back. I remember that. I did sailing for ages as well. That Was was that when we were in college? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, canoeing? That's pretty the much same. the same. <laughs> Fell in, didn't like it, got panicked, <laughs> didn't go back. Uh, I did dance for years and years. I did, did you? Tap and ballet. I did the exams. What? I did modern no. dance. I taught yeah. dance to the younger ones. Yeah, that was You're probably making my, that like, up. No, long-standing one. There's like some horrible <laughs> fridge magnets at my dad's of me in like leotards with little no. babies on oh the stage God. teaching that. Anyway, that's so cute. Yeah, we had to for some reason. It was our job to teach them, but when we went on to like help them on the stage, we also mm. had to dress in the same outfits as them. <laughs> and being fifteen in a pink leotard was maybe a step too far. <laughs> I think that was the point that it entered the hobby graveyard. Just being like, I'm not sure my teenage self-esteem can handle pink clingy leotard. Oh my god, I love that. He's probably still got the magnet. I'll send you a photo when I go around. Send me a picture. Oh my god! One time when I was a kid, I was like maybe nine, and it was one of those, you know, those like play farms where you can Mm -hmm. like stroke sheep and stuff. And one of the events was you get on a horse and this woman like walks it up and down there's like it's massive cute to try the horse right yeah i remember being on the horse and i said to the woman like oh so like you really like horses then and she <laughs> was just like dead-eyed 
and was like, listen, right, there'll be kids, you know, who like horses. You reach a certain point, you have to make a decision. Am I going to be a grown-up who likes horses or am I leaving this? And I chose horses and I was just like, cool. How old were you? Like nine. I remember being <laughs> like, I'm going to get off this horse. And I'm never getting on a horse again because I don't want to. That is like that. such a thing to say to a little nine-year-old on the back of a horse. <laughs> With hindsight, she was probably like fifty. Oh, I actually did horse riding too. I did horse riding for a little bit. I am horrendously allergic to horses, so I did horse Same. riding, and I had to wear a builder's mask, um, <laughs> and I would bleed through bleed. the builder's mask because I used to have horrendous nosebleeds. <laughs> Kept it up for months. Months. God knows why. You know, always like you don't always know you're going to be good at something the first time. If you're <laughs> bleeding through a face mask, maybe, maybe don't that's try a that sign. hobby again. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like some kind of higher power, higher power was up there. Like, babe, I've given you a full nosebleed. Like, get off the horse, agony. Charlotte. <laughs> Said God. <laughs> it, do you know what it was? It was the Aragorn love was so strong that I was like, no. Uh, I need to learn how to ride a horse because I want to... Anyway. Um, Netball was on the netball team for a short-lived hot moment. (laughs) God knows why. Uh, Done baking, cooking, and this one is written with a ha-ha-ha-ha roller derby for a hot minute with you. Oh yeah, that was a laugh. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I hated every second of that. I I just love showing you off to all my roller derby friends. Every session I'd be like... Here she is, guys. Everyone's like, who? <laughs> um, Charlotte in roller skates, like everybody's greatest dream. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, I just remember. Do you remember when we first went and I hadn't brought a sports bra and we were doing jumping? So me and you went to the local supermarket to buy a sports bra. And then the, the whole roller derby team arrived at our checkout and this woman slid this, like, horrible white stretchy sports bra like down like the slowest slide down that stainless steel bit and everyone everyone just clocked it as as soon as it happened and then i was there like she's like do you want a bag and i was like no it's fine so just carried this sports bra into roller derby training i love how you're like mortified oh my god these people know I'm I'm wearing sports equipment to a sport. I'm gonna die. <laughs> it wasn't the greatest introduction. It does remind me of a tweet I saw this week that was like just like to let you all know that my teenage son was on Zoom with his classmates and me, his mother, who lives with him, walked past in the background and now he is mortified that they all know that he lives with me, his mother, and I exist. <laughs> Is a vibe I understand and was my vibe on that first day of roller derby. I went back for months. That's how much I love you. Also, on the doing it for people I love, line dancing, went with my (laughs) nan for about a year. (laughs) Let's let's go line dancing, babe. I think that sounds great. Come on, the boots. A. Dolly Parton. Like, you can't really be that good at it. You just do it. And it was nice to hang out with my nan. But um, it... It can't happen because in my family, there's an infamous story about how when I tried out line dancing for the first time, I was like three and was very clingy with my dad and cried (laughs) unless he joined the line dancing. And it was all like my nan's mates, like doing the hoedown. I can see your dad rocking that. Oh no, he had to. 
Like the, the woman was like, it. come on, dad, you're going to have to get involved. And he is, he loves the story so much. It wasn't worth me doing line dancing because I had to hear the story oh too often. God. So yeah, that was jibbed. I, I think I actually got out of that one by moving away. Because <laughs> <laughs> I do find myself entangled in these, in these hobbies and then cannot end them as much as I desperately want to. Yeah. I have to find a way out. Oh, hang on. Door's going. Go on. Wait a sec. Okay, the package has arrived. Okay, Charlotte's opening the package. Go on, let's see. You don't know how badly I want this to be a sex toy. <laughs> <laughs> What's your sex toy guess, considering the shape? Um, butt plug. What? It's a square? What yeah, in a box. In a box. <laughs> 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 or like a box of like a thousand condoms. <laughs> Multi-pack. <laughs> that is planning ahead. Male ordered condoms. Yeah? This is going to be so boring now. Are you ready? Oh my God, what is it? I, I genuinely don't know. <clears throat> oh, it's wooden. Wooden? Oh, I know what this is. <laughs> it's really boring. What is it? It's a banister topper. Oh my god, that's so boring. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a, a square of boring wood. That's not, I mean, it's nice. That is nice. I mean, it, yeah. There you go. Jesus. Yeah, that was exciting. Well, I'm glad I was recording for that. Uh, <laughs> let's get back into hobbies. Um, I did karate for a little bit. Uh, I think I went three times. Cool. My best mate was like a black belt when we were like 15. <gasps> cool. And all she used to talk about was this lad at her karate that she fancied. So I was like, I'll come. <laughs> <laughs> and I went. <laughs> and I thought it'd be like, like in PE, like me and her would get to be a partner and we'd just mess around. You and the black belt. We got there and she like put her white pajamas on and it was proper like yes, sensei. And I was there like what? <laughs> I didn't think we were gonna be serious. Um, and I was shocking at it. One of the lessons was like how to move your toes separately, and I just could not do it. Move your toes separately. It was like you can't do karate unless you can like move your big toe independently of your other toes. Are we all trying to do it now, listeners? Okay. BRB. It's really hard. I can separate out my toes, like, all from each other. No, it's like... Like, so you could point... Oh, oh gosh, that's really hard. Yeah, so I'm there. This is riveting stuff, listeners, I'm sure. In, like, <laughs> my school PE kit. Just, like, feeling I can do it, I can do it. And the lad was really fit as well. <laughs> Good. In your school PE kit? Well, I didn't, oh, I didn't wow. have sports clothes. I was a 14-year-old Marsha. <laughs> I'd like to remind you of a quote that we once used to talk about quite a lot is goths don't row, which I think sums <laughs> up the lack of the equipment. Yeah, sports goth is something that came after. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I did learn to badly count in Japanese. I still kind of can, I think. Oh, 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 I did sign language for a bit. Oh, me too. I can do the alphabet and a couple of couple. Is that words. through college? No, it was when I was in the British Red Cross as a very young child. <laughs> you didn't mention that on your hobby index? Yeah, I got, um, I've got i got a little certificate in my record of achievement folder. <laughs> um, it's like, new recruit of the year, and then my name, and it's from 1998, when I was six years old. Oh, that's really cute. 
I also have like a, a first aid qualification from that year, which I feel like I do. Not, I do not want that person right? assigned to my like peaceful protest. Thank you very much. Like it makes me not trust the British Red Cross medically. You know. <laughs> oh, did you never take? Because we were in college together. Did you never take the first aid short course with those two pair of comedians? It was like the two women from you know the uh, the biker chef women. What? Oh, one of them used to do Ladette to Lady as well. You know who I mean. They're like an institution. No. These like they came stout, into our crap like... college. No, they look like them. Oh, they were both so terrible at first aid that whenever they were doing a dummy demonstration to get in the right position, they would sit on the face of the dummy. Stop like, it! Straight up, it was awful with a bunch of seventeen-year-olds. Oh, no, I did all that when I was a kid, as I say. Like, I can still put people in a recovery position. It might have changed, though, babe. It's changed. <laughs> oh, man. Like, legit, though, you should update that if you want to use that. But, yeah. I think it doesn't have an expiry date on that certificate. So, I also have a certificate that says I helped Mr. Motivator cure leprosy. What? And I'm also a um, a Roman soldier because I went on a day out in Chester once. <laughs> oh, I've got one from the Blue Peter Bikeathon, of which the money I never returned. <laughs> it just sat in like a plastic envelope in the bottom of my wardrobe until I was like, yeah, I'm going to spend this. <laughs> the, the time had passed. It had gone too far. Maybe we should talk about some tips and advice for how to try a new hobby. I definitely need a new hobby. Okay. Blah. Well... I think the most important thing is to think like why what you want to get out of your hobby you know mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of hobbies out there at the moment on your instagrams and your tiktoks and stuff that look really cool and it's very aesthetic so you're you're looking at it like oh yeah i want to do that and it's like is the thing that you want a good internet presence through your hobby because that isn't the th- the rewarding thing but then i was looking at your lovely uh, Insta for your knitting. Oh, yeah. And I was thinking, I, it doesn't make me want to become a knitter because been there, done that, mm-hmm. too much tension apparently now. But I do like the idea of a hobby where you connect with other people yes. that you can still do alone, if that makes any sense. Like, I love that you've got your account there where you can talk to people about your hobby and be mm-hmm. part of a community of people. Yeah. But I don't necessarily go and have to do netball right. as a team. To have that like companionship <laughs> element, yeah. Um, at HG Knits, by the way, if anyone's a knitter who wants to watch some like fifteen-minute-long videos of me chatting in an empty room, um, <laughs> I enjoy the like background dogs in those in those moments. It's lovely. I love how you watch them and didn't say that's not how social media is meant to work. As on my lurker account, I can't possibly reveal my identity. Uh, we'll go on the pocket full of why Instagram account that we don't use. we do we We do do, honestly occasionally um (laughs) so yeah i think okay there's a difference between doing it for the aesthetic and engaging with a wider community i think um because my name arguably is not very aesthetic like i mean it's nice i like it i think it's cool but like Mm -hmm. it's not kind of manufactured you know towards that goal so like for example with knitting the thing i like out of knitting is it's definitely very meditative mm-hmm. it's very like calming for my mind and i get that like dopamine hit um not necessarily just when i finish like our project but 
it breaks down into all kinds of little milestones. So, like, you finish a row and you're like, mm-hmm. ooh, you, like, immediately have to start a new row. Like, <laughs> it's kind of like a joke amongst knitters. Like, one more row, one more row. And I'll, one more. <laughs> like, next episode on Netflix style. Exactly, right? So that's why I like knitting. I think the best bit of advice I could give about someone who wants a new hobby is, like, talk to your mates about their hobbies and why they like them. Mm. Like, I'm there, like, I could never do running. It sounds horrendous, you know? But then, like, hearing, like, you... You'd surprise yourself. You and Jack talk about it. I'm like, oh, like, that's what you get out of it. Maybe I would want that. And then maybe one day, yeah. you know, I'll have an appropriate pair of shoes and, like, the weather will be just right and I'll be like, I'll try it, you know? Hell will have frozen over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think we touched on it before as well, but, like, your first time at this hobby is not going to be amazing. It might be quite frustrating. Like, it's really important to remember that you are a beginner. Mm-hmm. Give yourself time to, like, learn and try and experiment. Um, Yeah. My big advice for knitters is, like, don't have a go at something and then rip it up back into a ball of yarn. Um, Mm -hmm. Because then it really feels like you've achieved nothing. Um, At least, like, take photos of, like, the crap square that you made or something. And then you can look back on it and, like, see how you've improved. I love that, definitely. Yeah, I think that's really good advice because... It, then you get so wound up about the the outcome rather than the experience of the hobby because yeah. surely a hobby is about the experience of sitting there for the half an hour making the square it's not about necessarily this is the best square ever and I'm going to take the most pleasure from the end result rather than the 30 minutes yeah so I like that idea of and keeping what you've made like especially when I write I just have a document that's open and mm. I try not to go back and read it again and I just leave it there and mm. just be like, that was that month's document and I'll just start the next month's now. And I don't, like... Yeah. Because if I just sit there and I'm preoccupied with writing, like, the next great novel, then I'm never going to enjoy my time. That's not what I'm there for. I'm there for the enjoyment of that half an hour sit down to be like, ooh, what do I want to think about today? That's. I think that's really beautifully put. Going back to the best hobby that was ever invented, knitting. Um <laughs> <laughs> There's uh, some phrases in the knitting community, so people are like, ooh, are you a process knitter or are you a project knitter? Ah, perfect. I'm certainly a process knitter, someone who mm-hmm. is there for like the experience of the act of knitting itself, and yeah. then it's like a bonus that you end up with something, mm-hmm. rather than a project knitter, which will be someone who just knits to have something at the end. I don't know, I think there's probably a bit of both in that. Like, I think about you know, like the baby blankets that my nan knits for all of her grandchildren. And I think there must have been some joy in the process, but also like the act of giving it to somebody else and then feeling so loved, like to mm. receive or to give like a project is something beautiful. And that's true. Like, especially babies. Uh, I even like some of my baby jumpers that like have been gifted or have been made for me, like I kept and put on teddies for years yeah. just because it was there's so much love in that mm-hmm. and so much time in that. So I do get like the result is important too, but in terms yeah. of hobbies, it's all about your own enjoyment of the time, having a satisfying, happy, hot look pastime. I think, I honestly, you know, I could talk about knitting like for hours and hours and hours, and um, but in particular, you need to do a special like um, knitting for other people, in particular, knitting for like babies. Mm-hmm. You it feels like you're you're just like pouring it's cheesy but like love into the object. Yeah, like every stitch that you knit when you you've got someone else in mind, you know, you're thinking about them and how this is mm-hmm. gonna like keep them warm and the color's gonna suit them and they're gonna feel like 
how much I care and all of this effort and attention. And for me, that's why I found it really difficult to knit for other people. <laughs> because <laughs> they not everyone, it's not even about like appreciates it, but like kind of understands that. Mm-hmm. The only person I did used to regularly make things for was my nana because she was just impossible to buy for. <laughs> but I used to make her blankets oh, so nice. and then she'd be like, I can't have this, you need to sell it. And it's like, no, because I could not sell it for the amount of money that it is like valued at because it's full of the love that I have for you. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. That's such a nan response as well. I know. Like every time I gift my nan something, my dad's starting to do it now as well. <sighs> He's like, oh, no, no, this is too much. You keep it. Give it to someone else. And you're like, I want to get the pleasure of you enjoying this gift. I'm not giving it to you because I want, it's really important to me that you have this particular gift. Yeah. I want you to enjoy it. Like, <laughs> Did you see that meme? I'm going to describe a meme. Oh, God. So that boat, <laughs> We need an alert. That boat. <laughs> That, oh, evergreen. The evergreen boat stuck in the Suez Canal. I love that. We all love it. I love ev- any disruption to like the world <laughs> at large. It gives me such satisfaction. Well, I learned that the Suez Canal isn't in South America, where I thought it was for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> Evolve your mindset. <laughs> <laughs> there was, so, you know, the picture and there's like the big boat stuck there and then there's like and this the little digger pushing it and you've seen all kinds. One of them was like, the big boat is like my nan trying to give me a tenner and then the little crane is like me saying no <laughs> i love that my nan still tries to give me the odd tenner yeah and i'm like oh my god is, uh, 27 I don't. 27 my nan used to get so aggressive about it yeah like my nan would take it personally she'd, she'd if i didn't forcing it like down my jeans or like you know like i was some kind of really <laughs> reluctant stress <laughs> You know, oh, like, beautiful memories, beautiful memories. No, 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 I don't need it, I don't need it. And she's like, you're having it, you're having it, get here. But it was, I felt very loved in that moment, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ian said to me the other day, we were paying, uh, some guy came to like take our doors and strip them. Um, and I put the money like in an envelope before I was going to give it to him. Right. And he was like, why do you always put money in an envelope? And I was like, oh, it's just like something you do, right? You just do. Yeah. I think it's because my nan, when she tries to give us money puts it in an envelope with a name on and it's sealed so it's like you have to take it it's officially yours otherwise it's a waste of an envelope (laughs) (laughs) she has a little drawer in her like bureau that she like pulls out and it's just full of envelopes ready to go (laughs) we have definitely digressed but yeah (laughs) we were talking about like the the process and the progress like which one's more important What was the phrase that the knitting community at large use? Uh, Like a process knitter or a project knitter. Um, But yeah, if you want to get into knitting listeners, um, hit me up on my knitting Instagram, hdknits, and I will talk to you when I have the brain space. Because let's have reasonable expectations (laughs) of each other. (laughs) Love that. Talking of reasonable expectations, maybe we should roll into our first Ask Us and have some reasonable expectations about the level of our advice. Love it! (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We've got a listener question. Um, (laughs) Let's see how this goes, because the other feature that we did (laughs) went a bit off the rails. I can't even remember. Oh, I feel like we just shamed Ash for sneezing a lot. Uh, You shamed me for shaming (laughs) him. 
Let's see who we can shame today. <laughs> you do force him to drink lime. Anyway, anyway, okay. Take it away. So our first Askers is definitely more directed to you than me. Okay. Um, the title of this is, Why Does His Dog Sit On My Lap? Like, straight <laughs> off so many questions, because that sounds like a gift to me. But <laughs> I can tell that my friend is a bit uncomfortable with the fact that his dog just snuggles up to me. She comes up to me and hands her paws to me and then just climbs on my lap. He tried to get her off me by calling her to the other side of the couch, but she didn't want to get off my lap, so he comes over to pick her up off my lap. I don't know if it's because I looked uncomfortable or he just doesn't want his dog getting too close. Do dogs actually sense good slash bad or energy in people? I think I know exactly what's happened. I'm intrigued to hear your perspective as like a non-dog owner. Like if if you came round and my dogs were doing that to you and I behaved in that way, would you be like, oh my God, like Ernie thinks I'm a bad person? I would from you, actually. I think that this is the disparity between types of dog and types of dog owner. Okay. So growing up for me, a naughty dog is like hilarious, great, love a dog all over all the visitors. Like that is my (laughs) ideal dog. Right? But some dog owners are all about like, trying to be respectful for guests, not making their dogs jump all over them, (laughs) training them really well. Like there's some kind of pride in your dog being like immaculately trained to do your every whim. Like I think what's happened here is that this person takes pride in how much their dog is well-trained. Okay. And the dog's been like, oh, new person, must get over there and love them immediately. Okay. I think that's what's happened, but I just don't get it. Like the the, the person asking the question is like, why does his dog sit on my lap? I think that's because the dog loves people and is happy and is delighted that you're there and wants to play. Uh, It's more maybe, why does the dog owner not want the dog to sit on your lap? Is my question, I guess. This is going so well, I'm already answering a question with another question. With a question. What's your take? Well, my question, to answer your question to the question, (laughs) (laughs) is how did this person behave how did they react to the dog jumping up on them? So, right, okay. uh-huh. this is what this is what has happened, I think. In our house, right, the dogs do whatever they want, essentially. Like, the, mm-hmm. dogs, the dogs sleep in our bed under the covers. Um, oh, my gosh. Like, <laughs> like, we all, we're in this great routine at the moment where we've been watching a lot, like, Buffy the Vampire Slayer every single day. Um, mm-hmm. So we have dinner, and then once we've moved the plates away, the dogs know that they are then allowed to come and trample all over us on the sofa and like we're all squished in so then i think we're very aware of like how intense our relationship with our dogs is and how like you know we've always got a dog bomb in your face and like oh someone's farted like it's very <laughs> cozy <laughs> Gross. so then when someone comes into my space or rather mm-hmm. the dog's space really in this context i guess i'm kind of like not like embarrassed but like very aware that they're getting an insight onto how much my dogs literally walk all over me. <laughs> so someone comes into our house and sits down on the sofa, like straight away, Winnie is trying to fall asleep on your knee and Ernie's bringing all kinds of toys and being like, hey, give me some attention, pull this, pull mm-hmm. this. And I'm there like, maybe this person doesn't want that. Because yeah. their dudes, this is intense. And they're being too polite. They don't want to yeah. be like, hey, like, could your dogs chill out? Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to be like, Ah, oh, sorry about this. Come on, come away, come away. Like, I'm doing it because I imagine 
that you don't want the dogs on you. And like for example, if you came around, mm-hmm. I, I think I would behave in this way because you, I know you're allergic. <laughs> to as much as I love dogs, like um, my father-in-law's dogs are like super dopey, big, lovely dogs, and I have to remember to take a Piraton before I go around yeah. because. I will just be licked like by this dog. Yeah. Without a Piraton, that will bubble my skin up and I'll be like really uncomfortable. Yeah. But I kind of respect that they're like, I'm not training my dog. You can adapt to my dog. <laughs> I just... I like the enthusiastic affection. Like, most of the dog's life, it's just me and the dog. And mm-hmm. that's how we... That's how we roll, you know? What about the other part of the question? So, like, we've said, the dog wants to sit in your lap because dogs are friendly and happy and they want to play. Yeah. But do dogs actually sense good slash bad or energy in people? Have your dogs ever had like a bad reaction to somebody? So I don't know about sensing good, bad energy in people, but dogs for sure are like really attuned to their... uh, Okay, just trying to remember like the vegan word for dogs as humans. Companions, human companions. Nice. So like my mum's dog, who's a a big old deer these days who like wobbles along. The dog. My mum's like, oh... She just hates collies. She hates collies. She's always going to go crazy and like try and kill a collie if she sees one. And I'm there like, oh, do you hate collies, mum? And whenever mm. you see a collie, the dog's like, <gasps> yeah, better kill that dog that my mum hates. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, Senses the threat like from your mum rather than from the dog, maybe. They can literally like smell like hormone changes in us. They they can hear our blood pressure. You know? Wow. They're so in tune with us in a way that we're not in tune with them even, you know? Mm-hmm. Have I told you about... This is this is a digression, but how, like, Ernie saved Ash's life a bunch of times. What? So, um, Ash, being diabetic, before we got Ernie, would often have, like, blood sugar craziness in the mm-hmm. night. But yeah, and then we got Ernie, and then Ash would be woken up by Ernie, like, smacking him in the face. What? He'd be like, ooh, get lost, Ernie. And then he'd be like, whoa, my blood sugar's, like, really low. And then he'd, he'd, but it'd be, like, in time for him to fix it. That's amazing. Which is just boss. And, yeah, and dogs that um, are, like, companion dogs for diabetics. Uh, I read up on it a while ago. It's not something that you can, like, train a dog to do. It's something that a dog does because it loves you. Oh. Oh. (laughs) That is so beautiful. So beautiful. So, yeah, I don't think dogs sense good or bad or an energy Mm -hmm. in other people. You know, your dog loves you and is really Mm -hmm. obsessed with, like, your opinion of things. So, like, if I know I'm meeting a friend and I know they're going to be upset if Ernie's not, like, excited to see them, I'll Mm -hmm. get him, like, a bit hyped up beforehand. And I'll be like, oh, we're going to see so-and-so. Are you excited? Yeah, where are they? Where are they? Oof, oof. (laughs) Like, we'll (laughs) we'll get all hype. And then when he sees them, I'll be like, there they are! And he'll be like, wait! It's like a little car that you've like dragged back, you know? <laughs> so maybe not good or bad energy, but maybe like good or bad like mood, vibe, approach yeah. to the situation. Like if you go in feeling threatened by the dog, they maybe can pick up on that rather than that you're a bad person. Definitely. I think in this situation, the dog has understood that the visitor is a friend. Mm-hmm. And they have acted such, you know? That's it. I think the weird behaviour is in the humans as ever. <laughs> yeah. I, I think you're right, though, that this is this like smacks of somebody being respectful, being like, oh, gosh, my dog is all over you and you might not yeah. be you know, down for that and I'm going to try mm-hmm. and remove them. And maybe this person 
could do with asking visitors if they're down for being smothered by dogs because most people are very happy with it. (laughs) Yeah, to be honest, I just don't invite people into my house who are going to be weird about it. Or it's even like a litmus test, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, if someone doesn't want a dog sitting on their knee and maybe, like, like, there's a risk that you're going to get licked on the mouth, to be quite honest. (laughs) And if that is something that makes you want to die don't come to my house do you know what I mean like... <laughs> great advice on our first ever askers <laughs> um yeah we'd love to hear some more questions that you guys might have feel free to send them to us on our instagram or via our email we'll put them in the in the bit after the bump hey before we roll into the outros i want to mention two things so first of all did you just roll your eyes no, I can't. <laughs> First of all, today, on as we record, is um, Trans Day of Visibility. So, although this won't be coming out on that day, I've got my little, <laughs> I've got my little Trans Pride ribbon on, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and um, just a little reminder that if you've got a mate who's trans, then you should tell them that you love them because it's very brave and cool. It's that that was pretty succinct, right? And um, the other <laughs> <Yeah>. thing <laughs> is, um, so in one of our episodes about periods, we mentioned a book called Period Power by Maisie Hill. And we've actually, the publishers have been in touch with us and have sent us a copy of Maisie Hill's new book, which is all about the menopause. Um, so we'll do an episode on that at some point in the future. I also, well, I'm aware that because of our podcast metrics that we do have listeners who, you know, are of the, that age more so than we are. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if maybe they would like to write in with any, like, nuggets of advice or stories or something, because I feel like this is just not a conversation that I have had. I, d- I don't know anything about the menopause other than stereotypes and jokes and mm-hmm. that, you know, my mum didn't wear a jumper for, like, two years. Do you know what I mean? Uh, weirdly enough, we're doing um, we're doing about like uh, human narrative analysis in uni this week, and one of them, mm. one of the women um, who we were analysing, she talked about the menopause, and it was really noticeable how her language went from like a really broad language of talking about child rearing and careers and you know gender inequality, and then when she talked about the menopause, her language kind of like got really basic and narrow and it was just about being mad and confused and it was quite obvious when we were like analyzing it that there just isn't a very good sense of knowledge or a wealth of communication about it that she could draw from like she all the way through was talking about giving meaning to her life and she had loads of like instances and sayings and like common cultural values to draw from and then as soon as she got to the menopause like uh information was usually like a paragraph for every bit of her life and then when it got to that it was like one line about being mad and then getting over it and it was like whoa okay this is really something that we need to look at so i'm excited for this episode be good i I bet there's going to be things about the menopause that are like wonderful and exciting and unique and things to look forward to and i think Mm -hmm. it's going to be one of them where with the right you know for knowledge and preparation breathable shirt might be all right you know what i mean yeah. like <laughs> um, like the idea of being a, a middle-aged person without periods sounds kind of great cool, to be honest yeah so Roll that on maybe correct me if i'm wrong yeah. menopausal friends um <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, or in the same thread, if you have questions about menopause or maybe some like myths to bust or whatever, mm-hmm. send them our way. Um, we'll see what happens with that. What do you reckon? Awesome. I'm excited for you to <laughs> read it and feedback yeah. to us. I'm excited about the free book. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. Amazing. Let's go. brings us to the end of this episode thank you so much for joining us we love hearing from you find us on instagram at pocketful of why email us over at pocketful of why podcast at gmail.com transcripts and show notes are over on our blog pocketful of we'll speak soon next time we'll be talking about getting comfy in our veganism our favorite meals how our ethical thinking has spread and the gray area bye, bye.